Hey all you nerds out there, are you looking for more wrestling content or podcasts? Then go on over to Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, Twitter, and SoundCloud. And check out NXT and We with PJ and Brett. These fellow nerds review every single NXT episode and also have their very own wrestling interview series among other fun stuff. So, go check out NXT and We today with PJ and Brett. Also, A-Rock Designs. I want to take a minute to give a quick shout out to A-Rock Designs. That is spelled A-R-O-C-K-K Designs. A-Rock Designs is ran by Ashley Rodriguez. She makes all those cool wrestling cups you see floating around. So, if you want to get your hands on any custom merchandise, hit up Ashley Rodriguez at A-Rock Designs. If you can think it, she can make it. Last but not least, do you love wrestling and do you want to talk more about wrestling? Then head on over to Wrestling Review Society on Facebook. WRS is ran by my good friend Kevin Rodriguez. Kevin interviews your fave pro wrestlers every week and has the most amazing free, that's right, free giveaway. All you have to do is join Wrestling Review Society on Facebook and you could be the next big winner. This week's episode is brought to you by Design by Dunbar. If you need a logo design, flyers, e-commerce, website, or anything at all, go check out Designs by Dunbar at www.facebook.com slash Design by Dunbar. What's going on? It's the wild-eyed headbanger Mad Max Morrison. Slam dancing with the nerds of wrestling podcast. Get ready to get in the pit. What is going on, nerds of wrestling? Welcome to yet another bonus episode on the Nerds of Wrestling podcast, hosted by your boy Justin Del Rio. My guest at this time is Mad Max Morrison. What is going on, man? Chilling, brother. Just rocking and rolling like the mad one does day to day, man. How are you doing? Ah, you know, I'm doing all right. Busy, keeping busy. Uh, my nerds know I'm doing a shit ton of podcasts. I love it. Absolutely love talking to a bunch of different wrestlers. It's always fun. Um, and other than that, I'm just just chilling. You know, being home, being lazy, watching Netflix, Disney Plus, and <laughs> that's it. I see that you've been busy on Facebook and social media. I love it, dude. I love that you're getting out there and talking to so many people. It's it's a really cool opportunity to get so many people out there to, you know, broaden the audience and whatnot, man. I know I definitely appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. You know, I, you know, I look at it like, you know, it, it's a really shitty time we're going through right now. And, you know, my nerds know I usually do like a new episode every Thursday, which, you know, a new episode would be dropping tomorrow as well. But um, I'm like, I have so much time. And, you know, I know these wrestlers have time and they want to go on podcasts. Let me just try to get everybody on. So, I, yeah, been keeping busy, man. Been been keeping busy, but I love it. Like I said, I absolutely love it. I hear you, dude. Dude, so the other night I was thumbing through Netflix and I found this show that just completely blew my mind and fell in love with it. It was called The Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel. I. It it was uh, it's the animators of Adventure Time, and they got with. Uh, Dustin Trussell who does this podcast and he talks to all these people but they pretty much animated his conversations in these podcasts he's some 
space traveler podcasting just people talking about spirituality and philosophical like discussions and they've got like all kinds of crazy people they've even got like damien eccles from uh the west memphis three on there and a bunch of other people dude i fell in love with it man I could, there was like eight episodes and i i was just hooked and can't wait to watch it like again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i gotta definitely check that out um i always say on um, all my other podcasts and my nerves are gonna it's like it's like repeating myself all the time i've been watching this movie on um, disney plus um old disney movie um it's called phantom of the megaplex i swear I... to god it's it's like you you think like this director's paying me to put this movie over and he's not i just absolutely love that movie dude i've i've heard of it i'm not familiar with it but dude preach to the choir man let everybody know tell them tell them how much you love it hell it just you know like it's my childhood man i was like six i think like five or six years old when the movie came out and i'm just like just the fact that i get to watch it at 25 years old whenever i want over and over again at that you know oh absolutely i got a few like that man there's this old uh ralph bakshi movie it's old uh it's far from disney he was the guy that did like Fritz the Cat. He has this old movie called Wizards, which is kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a uh, satire on like social commentary, but takes place in a fantasy world, and it's pretty neat. Me, it's kind of a common interest between me and my wife, which is ironic in itself because it's not, <laughs> it's, yeah, because it's not very, uh, it's not very uh, popular, but it's very underground, and it's, uh, yeah, if, if you know, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, nerds, like, you know, you know, exactly. <laughs> um, we will definitely talk more about Netflix in a little bit. I want to know more about you because this is my first time talking to you. And, uh, you know, uh, I want to know more about Mad Max, as do all the nerds, man. Why, why, can I ask you a question? Why are you so mad? Well, <laughs> because well, life drove me crazy. That's why. Yeah. And it's not that I'm angry because that's the misconception everybody has when they see Mad Max, Mad Max. We ain't talking about Thunderdome. We're talking about the Hatter. I am, uh, I don't exactly think like everybody else. I'm a little twisted in the gear space, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a little, it's a little over occupied up here and a little wild and wired. So that's more or less where the madness is. It's all, uh, Life done twisted me up, and I have a pretty warped way of looking at things. Hmm. I love that. I like that. You know, it's a very unique way of looking at at things for 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 sure. Um, what got you into professional wrestling, man? Funny enough, dude. It's I've been. Uh, I guess I got to start from the beginning. I've always yeah, been, man, go way back. I've always been an entertainment guy. Like I've been, uh, I've been in the entertainment business for many, 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 many years, long before I even got, got into professional wrestling. I started off playing in bands because I picked up an instrument at like six years old and then started my first band at 16 and then started playing shows at like 20. And then by the time, or what was that? I started playing shows at 17. And then by the time I was like 21, I got out there, got signed to a record deal by 25. I was touring the country, a bunch of places. And then I think it was uh, somewhere along there, I ended up getting an eight year cover band career where I was making a paycheck off that. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, dude. It was a lot of party and lots of fun. And, um, and then. 
I think it was probably about 29. I finally, yeah, it was like 28, 29. I finally got my shit together because I was like, I want to get a college degree because I need to get a better job. I'm kind of dying in my town and, you know, I can end the party and start to wear on me. So I needed something to do to better myself. So I went and got me an engineering degree. And then um, once I graduated, it was like right around my 30th birthday. Like I ended up going to this flea market that I knew the guy that was running it. He ran this uh, Comic-Con back home. Well, I met him. I met up with him and then he introduced me to his dad and his dad like knows all these legends and introduced me to this guy who owns a school. Uh, He wrestles uh, Dustman Mark Anthony. He ran SPW uh, Academy back in Virginia Beach when it was still active and was like, dude, if you're feeling it, come try it out. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I'm like 30 years old, three years or what, three months fresh out of college. I've been rocking and rolling my whole life. And now I finally get the opportunity to get in a ring when I used to go do that stuff with my friends. When I'm like young kid in the yard, just putting sharpshooters on people in the in the grass. <laughs> Hell yeah, I want to get in a ring. Hell yeah. Uh, growing up, were you always a fan of professional wrestling like WWE? Yeah, I was. I was to a degree like I got into it kind of late. Like, probably, because I've always been a comic book guy, so it kind of went hand in hand. I always loved the cartoons, comic books, all that stuff, just larger-in-life characters. So when I did finally discover wrestling, I was watching guys like the Road Warriors, and I was watching Sting and Undertaker. And then um, as I got older and my taste started to evolve, I became a Foley guy. I'm a Stone Cold guy, 100,000%. And then I started watching, like, a bunch of, like, FMW and ECW, and then I... I think around like middle school, high school, while the, uh, I think while the ratings war was going on between WCW, WWF, that's when I was learning about like underground indies. And then I was learning about like, uh, Japan. So I was diving into the tape trading circuit because it was still pretty, uh, pretty prevalent around that time. So me and a bunch of pals, I remember paying like, I was dating this girl and I gave her like, 30 bucks and i got like 80 pre-recorded like vhs tapes from her dad just of old classic nwa wcw wwf tapes man it was incredible damn not not bad for 30 bucks man (laughs) uh uh, once i and once once my uh once my vhs went on the fritz man i did my duty and donated to the to the navy because gave them something to watch so i was pretty stoked about that too that's awesome tell us tell me tell us about the um about your training you know, your first time stepping into a ring, you know, just training. So training was pretty cool, you know, because I did sports growing up as a kid. I was uh, I did like rec league and I did uh, a little bit of school sports. And I think it was like eighth and ninth grade. I got into wrestling, got on the wrestling team. because I thought that's how you became a wrestler. I thought that's how you got in WWS. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> and that was hell. And I was like, oh, OK, because I was a, I was an artsy kid, man. I was an artsy music kid. And then uh yeah, and it wasn't so much for me at that point, but then I uh, found my way to marching band. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a marching band kid, and that's and that's pretty tough in itself, dude. It's uh, It takes some guts, and you really learn some discipline, and uh, you figure out who you are doing that kind of stuff. Hmm. Did you like, were you like always a fan of the marching band at all? Um, It was something to do. It was something to get involved in. It was something to do. A lot of my friends were doing it, so I got involved. And uh, people in my family were doing it. But like I said, I have um, – we're we've been musical in my family forever, so I just had to stick down that track. But then it's like 
once I started training, luck, you know, I was just, you know, I was just this over partied, overweight, friggin' uh, schlub stepping into a wrestling ring and then took a few bumps and ran the ropes, got tired. And I was like, fuck, do I still want to keep doing this? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, I, feel, I feel like that's like everyone's initial thought when they first step into a ring for the first time. Like, oh, God, do I want to keep doing this? Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's but you kept you kept going. Uh, yeah, I I totally kept going. Like I went for like a, um, I think I I think I had gone for probably about six months before they gave me my license and told me to uh, start doing shows with them because I guess there was just the way it was at that time. And I had some pretty good teachers too. I had um some of the some of the students that already graduated through there, like Benjamin Banks. He rolled through. I remember taking a clothesline from him and about knocked knock the turd out of me that was fun oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah we had um we had a guy over there because we had marty reed he'd been wrestling around forever he was one of my trainers and then we had blake jones who wrestles for booker t's place in uh the reality wrestling in texas he's jj blake over there now but he had a hand in uh getting my basics straight and then we had um like chris escobar damian wayne preston quinn a bunch of um a bunch of legends from my area came through because these all these guys have been journeymen, like old school journeymen, and they would come in, show us what's up, and I uh, did that. And I worked probably like a, I worked my first bunch of matches that first year. But in that first year, there was a transition where my school got sold to a place in Yorktown. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was like forty-five minutes, but at the same time, dude, I'm going from like. 15 minutes from my house like four times a week to you to like an hour out of my way after work both ways oh like damn yeah it's like a two hour like a two three hour drive both ways uh for probably like three four nights a week for about a year year and a half and this was all during your time you like you were saying um, during your training Mm, yeah this is while i was training yeah and but luckily for me it was good that i did it because um after Marty had to step out, we end up getting Damian Wayne, who's he's my trainer and one of my mentors, and um, he's a former NWA champion. He's one of the journeymen I was speaking on. He's been around all all over the place. He's the Mid Atlantic badass, and he's you know really instilled in me just respect for the business, respect for everything this thing has and stands for, and hopefully I've been able to do a good enough job to keep his reputation clean. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So after after you know your initial training, after you were done, you said like six months to a year, you started. Um, you were able to start taking bookings. What was like some of the promotions you first got got the chance to work for? So when I first started, I um, I was working primarily at SPW at Southside because that's what you did. It was a um, it was kind of a system where you would go through, and then once you were allowed to actually start wrestling, they put you in all the battle royals, and then they start putting the matches on the shows. And of course, you don't get paid because your payment is your education. So, you're, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you're in there break, you know, paying him while you're, you know, paying your dues and doing that. But once I was able to start taking bookings, I went down to North Carolina because I was originally from Virginia Beach. I went to North Carolina and spent my wheels down there for about a good couple of years. And then once Wayne started training me, there's this other cat that I ended up hooking up with. Once we got to Yorktown, his name is Rock Richards. And he's a tall cup of milk, and he's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good himself. And when Wayne looked at his boat, it was like, 
You guys both like metal. You both like horror movies. You're both tall and you're mean looking sons of bitches. I think I like to put y'all as a tag team. What do you think? So, at that point, yeah, so at that point, we looked at each other and we mulled around and kind of toyed for a couple months. And then after that, we ended up developing this tag team called Noise Pollution because we were a couple like mean, mean drinking party rockers just go in there and fight for a good fight for fun, you know? Noise pollution. Were you guys? Were you guys faces or were you heels? Uh, depend where we went. The, yeah. The cool thing about Wayne is he took us on the road and helped us really break into the business, and he uh, got us. Uh, he got us around because we started off in North Carolina and we started doing like Elizabeth City. We worked. Uh, we worked at a bunch of places out there, and then we ended up working for AML for a little bit. But then he also took us on some. Uh, tours of like tennessee and georgia and uh he took us up to west virginia and we started kind of making our way and shaking hands and picking brains and then luckily everybody got the reputation of us and it was like oh you're wayne's boys so from that point on we had a really good chance to like go out there and make names for ourselves because our trainer was reputable and everybody respected him and then we went out there and showed what we're made of and they're like all right kids we'll give you a shot Awesome. Like very very cool opportunity. Very cool. Um how long were how long was like noise pollution uh, a taxi? I'd say probably about three years. That's 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 a long time. We we I th- I'd say we had a really good run and we had a lot of fun too, man, because we luckily had like a lot of really great teams to tag against too, man, because we were wrestling against guys that we were looking at that were actually mentoring us too. There's this one tag team here back home. Uh well back home for me is in Virginia, but they're from uh, England. They're called the Geordie Bulldogs, Sean and Mark Denny. And um, they took us under their wing and taught us everything about tag team wrestling and really helped develop me and really, like, helped me focus and develop my character personally. And then we just – we had a lot of really great matches with them. And at the same time, we had some good opportunities. We got invited to Massachusetts, and we got to wrestle Bob Evans and um, his partner in Boston. And then – we were in a, I think it was like, I think it was 2017 or 2018. We wrestled at VCW at Vanguard Championship Wrestling in Norfolk. That was like one of our home promotions. And that, and that was like one of the first local shows I had ever seen was that promotion. And uh, we did the street fight against the Hall Stars who'd been wrestling 15 years where I ended up breaking my foot and getting a hole in my esophagus. But that was fun. Oh, holy shit. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. How that happened? Uh, that was... Uh, yeah, just a couple, just a couple uh, rookie mistakes and uh, a mistake on somebody else that was just poor timing and no big deal. It all worked itself out, but it all worked out because uh, I think it was like a year later. I think it was the October afterwards they booked us against Gangrel and Kevin Thorne in a tag match against Noise Pollution for the uh, VCW oh, tag team titles. Man, that was that was incredible. Just the chance to actually get to uh, pick the brains of these guys that, you know, I've been looking up to forever. And then I got to take Kevin around town and show him what's up. And me and him end up kicking it off, man. So I made a pal out of it too. And we end up doing some funny spots that you can find on YouTube and uh, you can find on the BCW network. It's out there, but. Uh, <laughs> it's out there. I will look for it. The nurse will look for it. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. That, that was definitely a fun match for sure, man. But we, we did a lot of really cool stuff in noise pollution, man. But it, but like all great things, and it comes to an end at some point because you kind of 
you kind of outgrow what you're doing. You want to, you want to try to, you want to like brand out. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to branch out. And that's what, I know that's what I wanted to do. And luckily we were on the same page. So I gave him a chance to do what he wanted to do. And I ended up moving away to Maryland and I started traveling up North. So I was doing more like Delaware, Maryland, uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. I did some New York and some New Jersey. I did some Rhode Island. So I was going more forth, further north, and he was more sticking to south. So it gave me a chance to really kind of go check out something new and go develop my wings. It, it gave me a chance, like, I guess, uh, what was it? Like JR always says, go somewhere new and go learn a new hold and then come back home. I love that. That's great, great advice. Um, I got to know, and so do all the nerds. When noise pollution, you know, split up, was there like a story, a storyline between you guys? Did one of you guys turn on each other or just it just like right off in the sunset with without hearing anything? No, not at all. Actually, it was um, BCW put it out that we had split amicably. And you know what? Me and Rock are such good pals and we've really haven't had too much where we've had to blast each other or nothing so it was nothing personal and then we just you know and we just kind of was like all right no problem we'll go our separate ways and go see what we're made of but the cool thing the cool and funny thing is though there's been plenty of opportunities where we put us in the ring together like on opposing sides or in a battle royal and then we look at each other and, and they would build anticipation because i remember we were in this liberty lottery at bcw and it'd been like a year since we tagged and then oh shit yeah he comes out after or i came out one of us came out after the other and then we did like a stare down and then me and him we did our old stick he rubbed my head and then he started battery ramming me into everybody so we just kind of got back to business like we didn't miss a step you know what i mean nice (laughs) so so i'm like is that is he one of the wrestlers you're comfortable with going into a ring and not worrying about a thing I won't say I don't worry about things with him, but I know that he's he's going to be where he needs to be. I can trust him, and it's nice because we've worked we've worked together enough that we know what each other's doing, what we're thinking. We know where we want to go. We've figured the body language out. And what's really neat too is like we actually have this really br- like great opportunity. We're wrestling for his place in uh, Richmond. This really great company just started up. It's called Ultimate Elite Wrestling. Definitely got to check it out, man. They're doing some unique stuff. But we've um, we swerved the crowd and end up coming back together and reuniting because there's our trainer Wayne. He's actually he's the uh, heavyweight champion over there. Him, Rock, and Sledge Gibson were in a three way, and they were fighting for the belt. And the ref went down. I came out. We done a triple pile driver on Sledge and dropped him down about four inches, and that's when we reunited because it was the three of us and we've been talking about it for years. So this time, me and Rock aren't coming together as noise pollution. Me, Rock, and Wayne are coming together as the Lords of Chaos, which is a stable that oh, the Lords of Chaos. Yeah, that's something. Love that. That's, <laughs> that's something Wayne did back in the day with. Uh, one of his old pals well we brought it back and uh chaos is an acronym for kill all other stars huh interesting you wrestle now one of the promotions you wrestled for i think you mentioned it was um was a uew united elite wrestling yes 
Nice. How's that promotion? I actually talked to Chris not too long ago, and uh, good promotion. It seems like you guys got some good stuff out there. I truthfully love it over there, man, for so many reasons. And the Chris, I love Chris to death, man. I was stoked when he invited me on to come do like come wrestle over there, and then uh, just everybody that runs the place is great. It's a great like product. The fans are loving what we're doing. It's a great roster. There's lots of competition. There's lots of excitement. Like it, it's 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 really. I'm probably gonna catch you, but I really don't give a shit, man. But it's hard to go to a show where you ain't got a whole lot of stinkers on the card. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like I know these last few shows that we put out, man, we end up selling out small crowds, but you know, brand new company. But we've been selling out the buildings, getting asked for more, and there ain't really been a stinker on the card. So I mean, things are going well over there. Yeah. Hey, you know, good luck to UEW once um, everything gets picked back up and everything. I hope all the promotions, you know, keep continue to do what they're doing and everything. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I think wrestling is gonna be like a whole new ball game once this whole thing is over. It's gonna. Be, that's that's just my all, all sports. If that you know, I think it's gonna be weird and awkward for a while. <laughs> it's gonna be different watching like like an episode of Raw and finally having like you know people in the audience that go, oh wow, this is actually a thing. Well, just like even the people in the audience, it's like there's gonna be like spaces in between them. There's gonna be empty chairs. It's gonna look all funny. And it's like. People are going to be awkward. What do I do? What don't I do? What what are we supposed <laughs> yeah. to do? Is this guy going to cough on me? And it's like, yeah, because, yeah, nothing's certain, and it's not going to be for a while, man. So it's just going to be – it's it's going to be kind of kind of funny to watch. I think it's going to be uh, – I don't know, but that's also I, – I, I, find, I find funny in some pretty shitty situations. But, you know, that's okay. It's part of, part of my deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. We have so we have a few questions from the nerds. Last minute questions they want to know. Um, sure. What was what was the first wrestling show you attended as a fan? First wrestling show for me, I think it was uh, WCW Thunder at the Norfolk Scope in like ninety seven, and then um, wow, yeah, yeah, I got. Yeah, because my family was kind of poor, and, you know, we did what we could. We're blue-collar, so we couldn't really afford to go out and do all that stuff. But luckily for me, man, I had a pal that ended up moving across the street, and his folks invited me to stuff. So when they uh, had an extra ticket to go to Thunder, I jumped at the opportunity. That was the night that Flair came back for the Horsemen. Dean Malenko and Benoit was there. I remember seeing um, Goldberg versus Raven. Then the second week was Goldberg versus uh, Canyon because they shot two weeks. And that was fun, dude. Because I was, um, I was a huge Raven Mark at the time. I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> so to see him was fun. Then, that that sounds like that sounds like one hell of a show to go to for your first show at that. It was a good time. Know? It was a good time because then we were on the guardrail. So it was like that was the first time I got to see the big stage and hear all the fireworks and all that, man. And just like scream and touch the wrestlers. So I was like, all right, I can get behind now. <sighs> It's like like a surreal, it's like, it's like kind of surreal, but amazing, you know, just so cool oh, at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. Hell yeah. Um, Did you go to any other shows after that as a kid? Yeah, I started going to like a bunch of Smackdowns after that because they were the ones that came through a lot, uh, a lot more frequently than Raw did. And 
I went to like a couple WCW shows. Not many, because like not too many uh, more wrestling shows came through at that point. And then I was also still like, I was going to a lot more rock concerts than I was going to wrestling shows. So I was kind of, because that's still where my head was at. But uh, that and the tickets were like hell expensive back in. But as I got older, I ended up going to more shows. I ended up going to more wrestling shows. They were definitely more expensive back then because like they sold out quick. Now, I mean, they're not, they're not. WWE tickets are not cheap now, but you could definitely get get them at like in a reasonable a reasonable price. But they won't sell out, so it's kind of weird, but it's not weird, you know. If you know people know what I'm talking about, um, but yeah, hey, that's awesome, man. Smackdowns, you got to go to the Blue Thunder show, some WWE, um, WCW shows. Oh yeah, um, sick, bro. Um, what out of all those, what was your favorite one? If you had to pick one. Let's see, as far as an old one or just anyone I've been to? Anyone you've been to. So last year, me and my wife, we got married. We just celebrated our first uh, year together for our uh, for our honeymoon. We went to New York and did the WrestleMania thing in Jersey. Nice. And uh, on a whim, we got to our Airbnb, and I ordered us tickets to go see the G1 uh, Ring of Honor Supercard at MSG. And Sick. that was <laughs> Fun, dude. I think that was probably one of my favorite wrestling shows we've been to because we were in we were in a primo spot, got to see everything. It was a cool experience, and um, first time in MSG, got to do it with my brand new wife, and you know we're both fans, so it was a uh, it was all around a winner. That's awesome. That is so cool. I'm I'm like really jealous of that right now. After speaking, my jaw my jaw just dropped when you said you got to go to that that G1 Supercar. That's sick. That's so cool. How was Mania as a whole? Was that your first Mania? That was yeah. That was both our first Mania, which was it was kind of a turd because uh, I know for us, I I bought some some I kind of I kind of screwed the pooch on tickets because I bought some uh, cheapos behind the Titantron. We were all the way up at the top and it was cold as shit. So we're up there like she had to go buy a hoodie just so we can get warm and whatnot. And we ended up splitting for the show was over because we got about tired of it and then. Um, Funny enough, we went to uh, we went to Raw at Barclays the next day. That was actually a whole lot better than Mania was, I thought. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that was way more fun. <laughs> yeah, Raw WrestleMania last year wasn't wasn't that good. Um, it wasn't. Um, I know, I know, a lot of people complain about you know the the um, the time and ending, and a lot of people had trouble leaving and catching Ubers. Oh, yeah. And, that's... like, trains and everything. Oh, man, we looked at each other, like, because we heard, like, not long after we were done, because there were, like, there were lifts and Ubers charging, like, two, three hundred bucks. Luckily for, like, taxis were charging, like, two, three hundred bucks. Luckily for us, we had scored something, like, we had set one up before we left, and then we had, like, uh, I think we had split, like, two, three matches in, or two, three matches before the end. Yeah. And then on top of that, the dude, the weather started dump raining on everybody, and because New York has this thing with WWE, they had to synchronize the trap, the transport, uh, the metro transport, and somebody didn't get the memo and tell them that was going to run late, so a bunch of stuff got shut down. So you got like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people fighting to get in lifts and share rides in the rain, pouring ass rain. So we were just like. <laughs> Glad we fuck that. Yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> it, it, but the, the the thing, in my opinion, is like WrestleMania is way too long to begin with. I know it's like um, you know the mega show of the year, the show of all shows. 
what you call it, but it doesn't have to be eight hours. I agree, man. You know, that's a whole work shift right there. Yeah, dude. WrestleMania, that was um that was an endurance test. Ain't gonna lie. Being at a WrestleMania that long was a was a was a fucking endurance test. But I tell you what, dude, I personally think I think some of the other shows better. And the reason I say that's because I think uh I think I probably sound stupid for saying this, but I don't care. But I think WrestleMania's gotten too big. I like I like when shows are scaled down a little more because it feels like there's more there's something more special to it. Like I don't need all the fireworks. I don't need all the the big elaborate set. I don't need like a three mile fucking walkway. It's like, dude, <laughs> seriously, give give me an old school set. Give me something crazy, a little bit of pyro. Make it special. Like for me, one of my favorite pay per views of all time that I loved watching every year was always Halloween Havoc. That for me was like that's a good one. The pinnacle. It didn't matter what year. It's just every year they always had like the theme. It wasn't a huge set, and and it it always grabbed my attention. But WrestleMania, I'm ADD as shit, dude. That's I'm <laughs> um that's that's no joke, dude. I put I put the ADD in mad. It's it's fucking ridiculous. So I'm like, this is too much for me, man. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we all have our, you know, we all have our opinion. Me personally, I'm a big fan of uh, the uh, the extravagant setup, like the lights, the pyro, and everything. It's just, it's just like I said, it doesn't have to be eight hours, four hours at max, four and a half hours, maybe five hours at that. But you don't have to make it a eighteen eighteen match show, a two hour pre show, and it's just you don't need that. Agreed. You know, like that, that's just my opinion. I mean, but I like, I like your take on it too. I agree though, man. Like I like the whole idea of possibly splitting it into two nights, man. I mean, that would make it way more like it. it Cause people get tired, man. People get fatigued watching WrestleMania, dude. It's wrestling fatigue. It's, it, it, yeah. it's a real thing, man. People are like, Oh, I can't get enough wrestling. It's like, well then you obviously ain't got enough other shit going on in your life, man. <laughs> exactly. Were you a fan of um this past year's WrestleMania? I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh uh, no, no, I was just adding on. I was I thought it was pretty good for what it was. You know, they tried. And I I'm not gonna dog on anything. There the thing that I liked about it was that without the crowd in the house, it these guys were working the story a lot differently. Like they were more story focused and yeah, they were like, you could hear the narrative between each other. Like they were talking to each other. And that was the thing I really enjoyed because I was getting the story from the horse's mouth. I mean, yeah, I love when the commentator does it and they, you know, bring, they open the book and read the pages to you. But when these guys are spreading the color and putting some pictures to it, between each other putting some nuance in there that i enjoyed a whole lot more especially in that triple threat ladder match that was going on when uso and them were like talking smack to each other yeah i was like this is it's like that don't taste like pancakes does it kofi i was like <laughs> yes yes this is what i'm talking about that's yeah no it's very good they 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 did the best for what they had I I mean I I loved WrestleMania this year. I thought it was a very good show. Um, two nights were great. Um, my opinion. Um, I think a lot of people will you know agree on the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse were probably the two of the greatest things I've ever seen in a long time in WWE. 
put out, you know. And you know what's re- and you know what's really dope about those matches that actually stand the test of time, especially with like a lot of these like legend wrestlers and whatnot, is the fact that they can they now have like they figured out an outlet for these guys, so they don't have to expose themselves out in the live crowd because there's nothing. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody that everybody's loved for years and years and years. And you know that you know whether they can go or not, just seeing it live and then anything could happen. Here at least it's controlled and it's a, it's a movie. So you're more or less living on the story than you do more so on the action because you're basically watching the movie. You're getting the story and these cats can do what they're strong at and be strong storytellers and like Paul Heyman said just hide, throw those weaknesses in the background let's not even worry about them let's go ahead and make it strong let's get the story going on let's throw some smoke and effects on there I enjoyed those man that's what I'm saying it's like watching movies and I think it's great they figured this out because Undertaker's never looked better I mean in his twilight years like what he's got going on right now he ain't looked better yeah I heard I heard WWE is thinking about um, doing um, some more cinematic matches, especially for Money in the Bank. I hope so. Uh, They're fun. Don't overdo it, though. I mean, sure, you know, do it once in a while, especially for right now, but don't overdo it. Well, yeah, you know, moderation is the key to everything. Yeah. You know, us fans, like, we see one thing, we love it, and Vince is going to go, oh, they love it, let's keep doing it. And it's going to be overplayed, overplayed, and we're going to go, yeah, no, no, we don't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's how this is. Yeah, I know if, um, I think if they, I think if they save it for the special, like the special occasions and the special matchups, then it's going to be golden and they'll have plenty to run with for a long time. Oh yeah. 100% man. 100%. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, man, what WWE has in store for us. Once shit goes back to normal, and I'm excited, I'm looking forward to it. But you know, just until then, I mean, just everyone needs to just wait and see what's gonna happen because we never know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I have no idea, my friend. I honestly don't see wrestling coming back for a hot while, and it's uh, it's it's sad, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one feeling this. But it kind of feels nice to feel human again for a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I I heard that a few times from a few different wrestlers saying, you know, it's nice just to relax and take some time off and come back, you know, after this is over, just come back stronger than ever. Oh, yeah, because so. I know, um, not speaking for anybody, speaking for myself, it's given me a chance to finally come off the grind, just come off that road grind and kind of reevaluate things and reevaluate how I'm doing things and where the mental's at and now I can kind of see things a little clearer and figure out what my next move's going to be. Cause I have a feeling I've got a whole different, uh, I think it's going to be a whole lot different when Max gets back out there. It ain't going to be the same shit you've been watching. It's going to be something completely different. And that's, uh, you're going to have to pay attention cause, uh, it's going to be something special. I think. Very looking forward to that, man. That was actually my next question, but you answered it. I was just gonna ask, like, what does um you know Mad Max have planned for professional wrestling, his independent career after this is over? But you basically said it. I like that, and I'm very excited to see what's gonna happen. I'll tell you what, if I can put in a quick plug, real quick, man. I got this horror. Yeah, man. Of course. So, 
thanks to professional wrestling, I found myself with an acting career this last year. I've been dabbling around and did like uh, I did a music video with Iron Reagan last, I think it was like a year or two ago, and that was fun. But I just did my first uh, feature film, independent horror flick last year, and it's getting ready to get released here soon once this quarantine drops. And I'm really excited about it. Hell yeah, you definitely, definitely, definitely drop it. Drop it in on Thunders of Wrestling when it uh when they get releases because I want to check it out. I'll um I'll go ahead and drop the link if you don't mind because I got a link to the yeah. uh, trailer because we got a we got a solid trailer, but it's called Death Boards by uh, Fuzzy Monkey uh Productions. It's a Ouija board flick. Uh bunch of girls move into a house, find a Ouija board, conjure up something bad and shit goes wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, you know, of course, you got to have, you know, the college girls in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. But it is a lot of fun, dude. I can't wait for everybody to see it. I'm very much looking forward to it, man. Before I let you go, um, where can the Nerds of Wrestling find you? I'm all over social media, man. And especially with this quarantine, you're seeing a lot more of me, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, okay? <laughs> so just love it. So find me on Facebook, Mad Max Morrison, Instagram, same thing with underscores. Mad Max MP on Twitter. If you want to see what all stuff I'm doing in the movies, I got an IMDb. I just started a Twitch. It's called Mad as a Max, two D's, two X's. That's super important. And um, if you want to find me on PlayStation, same name, Mad as a Max. Try me in some Mortal Kombat. I dare you. <laughs> gotcha. Love it, man. Love all those plugs. Um, definitely, hopefully, the nerds will go check it out. And Man, this was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me, dude. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, of course. I'll definitely have you on again sometime down the road. Just let me know, brother. I'll be glad to do it. I will let you know, bro. Have a great night and take care. (laughs) All right, see you, bro. And that concludes this episode on the Nerds of Wrestling Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more future episodes. I'm your host, Justin Del Rio. Peace out, nerds.